Hey, it's Paul Clegg here, and we had a really good meeting this morning of the Somerset Marketing Hub Online. Last week, we talked about why people don't get the sort of introductions, the referrals, the recommendations that they think they deserve, and we explored about 10 reasons why. If you've not watched that, then I'll put a link uh, along with this video so that you can. But we followed up this time about how important it is to build really deep, lasting relationships based on mutual respect and, more important, understanding. And what we've done is uh, that recording uh, really turned out to be quite special. Uh, in this recording, I introduced Joe Martin, a smart PA uh, associate, and uh, just basically showing everybody how to do a one-to-one, -one, how to really delve in and ask meaningful questions. But then the rest of the group uh, waded in with other questions and other really great tips on how to get the most from your one-to-one -one meetings after any networking event. Not, many, no, not enough people do it, but uh, check out the rest of this video. All the very best. Cheers. Good morning, everybody. It's Paul Clegg from Set Marketing Online. And... Uh, We've got our group together today to really to continue from last week's subject, which was all about why we don't get the introductions, the word of mouth referrals that we think we deserve. Because in essence, there's lots of reasons why. I'll give you a link to the video of that recording from last week. There's lots of reasons away that are quite logical, quite uh, easy to understand. And essentially, we're just not waiting, we're not thinking of one another, uh, and especially those people we don't meet on a regular basis. Everybody here we meet on a regular basis and uh, so I thought what we'd do today is to really continue that subject because it's very important. I'm going to share something for the moment. I'm not going to, uh, you know, I, I want to keep up the open conversation here, but I want to share just a couple of slides for us to focus on and open this up. And I, thought, I came across this interesting statistic during the, uh, uh, during the week. According to a study, eight, while 83% of customers say they're willing to provide referrals for a positive experience, only 29% actually do. And I think if we go back to what we were talking about last week, we'll perhaps understand why. A lot of the reasons is we just don't stay in touch or follow up in a timely manner after uh, we've produced a service or a product. We don't follow up to see that they're completely satisfied, whether we've exceeded their expectations to see how they're doing. Because uh, then there's a brilliant opportunity to either fix something that might not be quite to their expectations or indeed um, uh, solicit a, an introduction. So that follow up was really uh, key. And um, what I wanted to do uh, is to uh, essentially, uh, understanding those figures, we need to think if if only 29% of people who actually get a good positive experience will refer us, what about what can we do uh, to bring a, a group of people around us uh, that could really get to know us, that we could generate some trust uh, and then move forward to proactively seek referrals? Now, although this is not a referral group, it's all about marketing. Referrals or introductions, third-party introductions, recommendations are a part of the marketing mix, as we discussed last week. So what I thought we would do is I'm going to cover something that I've been using for a long time. In fact, I created this particular template, and I was using it with uh, the uh, BNI group that I, I was with over in Wincanton. 
And I find that if you look at it, and it might be that you won't have all the ready answers today, but I'm more than happy to send you the document. Um, most of the business at a networking event is actually done after the networking event. That's why it's always good if you're going to a networking uh, event to actually stay behind and uh, seek out and meet people uh, and really get involved in a one-to-one. -one. And I know that 4N do those those meetings in the meeting itself. And I think that's quite a good idea. But um, whatever you do, uh, even people that you've met for the first time and that you think it, it, networking is not necessarily for, for them, if if you think this is potentially a, a, a fit, maybe they're sharing the same market sector and you'd like to develop that further, following up with them is a really good idea over a coffee. And these are the questions that I normally would ask somebody. Um, and you'll notice that I'm actually, uh, I usually let the other person talk first because really it's not about me. It's about me understanding them. And I think when people see that you're giving in that way, that you're genuinely interested, uh, most people have, a, have a, a, a resonance and they'll feel that they want to help you at the same time. You can use this in a structured fashion. In other words, you can go through uh, this but well, you asking questions and then hand it back to them and say, well, now you ask me questions. So the first question I inevitably ask, and I do, do it in a natural fashion, is what plans do you have for the next 12 months? How do you see the next 12 months panning out? How has the pandemic affected you? And what do you see now that lockdown's over and we're facing potentially the end of the furlough? That question is very, very key. You can ask it to almost anybody because it helped first of all it shows understanding but secondly it helps you understand where the other person is it often reveals especially if you're looking at them which you would be doing uh any anxiety that they're expressing not just what they're saying there may be some anxiety underneath a bit of fear and that fear might be born out of can i cope am i going to be able to handle it do i have what it takes to get through and and the reason why I look for that is I might be able to help them. I might be able to help them personally, just there and then out of some encouragement or advice, but I might know somebody else that can help them. And again, so that's that referral uh, uh, recommendation hat on. So what plans do you have for the next 12 months? I'm going to come uh, and, and ask one or two people here. I don't know whether I'll have the chance to ask everybody, but uh, the second question is born out of genuinely trying to understand what sort of customers are they working with? because we do tend to lapse into what we do. And uh, the type of clients and customers you work with, I, I found it's easier to be a bit more specific. Tell me about a client. First of all, tell me what sectors you work in, uh, what, what types of customers that you work with. And we'll try some of this out in a second. Tell me about a client from each sector, what you did, how you added value, <clears throat> and why they were impressed. In other words, that's another way of saying, tell me a story about the type of clients, the different types of clients you deal with. Uh, so it could have Simon, it could have criminals in one, it could be children in another, and it could be adults with suicidal thoughts in a third. So if you then can tell us some stories, those stories resonate. We're not going to grasp facts. We're certainly not going to grasp any... Um, lingo that we use that is common to us but not to everybody else and i think people that are not in my fray my sphere use lingo but then i use lingo as well that quite not surprisingly people don't 
fully uh, get. Um, so there, I think that in itself is really, really key. If you were to cover just those two sectors, once you've found out about each other, you know, the personal side, this is getting back down to the nitty gritty. Um, and then who would be a really great client and why? You want to probe for specifics because what you're looking for is in these, the, all these sectors and what they're saying is you're looking for something that will trigger somebody that you know or maybe, a, or maybe anchor something about them that when you suddenly see that scenario, you think of that person. Does that make sense? If you just covered that, you'd be a lot further on than most one-to-ones. I've always found that certainly in my experience, that if you don't have some sort of structure for your one-to-one, it wanders off into a social chat about football teams or holidays or whatever. And that's fine, but not when you're down to taking your business introductions on purpose. So who'd like to have a go? Who'd like to be quizzed by me uh, about these things? Go on, I'll have a go. Right, Joe, that's good. Joe, what, yeah, remind us what you do. So I'm a virtual system, part of a um, franchise called Smart PA. Um, how, long, how long have you been doing that? Well, I only launched June of last year. So I was getting to, I, I was on track of what I forecasted and planned, which was really good. But obviously I was hit by COVID like everybody. Um, so if we want to talk about my plans for the next 12 months, it's to try and get back to a position I was in previously. And and just before I do that, because I'm naturally going back into the pre pre uh, uh, meeting, and I shouldn't, I, I, I'm, I'm misleading somebody. Uh, you you you've been doing this for twelve months. Um, were you doing anything like this before? Is that your background? Yes, yes. Um, early days, I had a background in marketing, several roles in marketing, big corporate companies, colleges, different industries. I then moved over to executive assistant, PA, office management, those kind of higher level support roles as well. So getting things done is is where I'm at and, and a lot of diverse um, skill sets and different areas I've worked in. So. And and given that you've you so so all all of a sudden here we've established quite a good executive background. Can you see how that's important yeah. um, before diving into things like this? And and you chose to instead of just starting something on your own, you chose to go with the with a franchise. Why was that? Um, I think it's just that assurity, really, insurance that um, you're not actually going it alone. Um, I, I felt I needed something like that. I mean, it was a big, big commitment. Financially, it was quite a big commitment. Um, but I looked at several different franchises and Smart PA was by far the more professional. And I think one of one of the biggest reasons um, for that choice was the backup that they supplied and the business model that they use. Um, <clears throat> there's, there's there's options in there <clears throat> as a smart PA partner to do insourcing. So to make up my my salary, 
I can do work for other smart PAs that are more doing more of a uh, model where they are account managers. They get the clients in. They don't actually service the clients. They push it out to smart PAs who only do the administration. So there's lots of different angles to it. So I felt it was the best option. Well, having had a franchise, I know, and, and, and also trying to do something on my own, is it, it's not quite as easy as people think. And uh, I think that's a quite a sensible approach to, to know that, first of all, you've got that structure around you, which keeps you accountable and focused, but you've also got that support. And I think, I think I've said it before, we do need to surround ourselves with people or supporters uh, in, in those many ways. Now, uh, so you said that you, you were on track until the lockdown. What do you mean by that? Was that, is that a, uh, a type of client, a financial track or? A financial um, track, Num number of clients. Number of clients. Is, yeah, gr so the growth in, in number of clients. So this is gonna lead me brilliantly into this. So your focus is having a number of clients do they all pay the same or uh, do you, uh, well, no, the invoicing will be dependent upon what you do. So you'll be dealing in different maybe market sectors or different types of service. Well, uh, the, the, the way it works is we, we sell um, packages. So it's package based on the number of hours. So, I mean, we do one-off uh, projects, but ultimately my, my goal is to get retainer clients. So I'm what would they, a monthly fee. And what would they look like typically? What typical clients? No, a typical uh, retained client. What you mean as in value? No, no, I'm trying to picture because the value won't tell me anything. The type of client will. So, for instance, is it an entrepreneur working out of home? Is it somebody starting up a business? Is it somebody that is traveling around the world uh, that needs that anchor point? Uh, this is where I'm fishing. Yeah, I mean, really, it could be any of those because, as I say, I've got a lot of transferable skills. I don't target specific industries because the experience I've had over my 30 years of working has been across very different industries and sectors and areas, public, private, everything. Um, so that isn't necessarily, it's hard to pinpoint an ideal client. I know me personally, who the types of clients I prefer to work with. Um, right. But I, I think that is just more of a personal preference. All right, um, so who are they? And that's also based on tasks that I enjoy the most. Um, All right, well, that's fine. So who are they? Yeah. Um, so they're creatives, generally. Um, oh, so, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in section one. I'm sorry to, to, to interrupt, just for everybody else's benefit. And by the way, when, when I'm doing a one-to-one -one with somebody, I always make sure I'm taking notes. Because first of all, I need to take notes because I can refer to it sec back again. But the person knows that I'm actually, it emphasizes the fact that I'm interested. So creative. So creative, cre the creative trades you would, you like to do because you're creative? Yes. Yeah. Or yeah. because they're I very mean, exciting people? Um, no, just because I'm, I'm creative. Um, right. Okay. But then that, that also leads into the, the next stage, um, it, it, depending on the type of work that they require and the support that they help from, want from me, I, I thrive on 
producing creative, you know, content writing, um, putting together ads, putting together newsletters. I prefer the creative side of what I offer. That's probably because of your marketing background. So I can understand yeah. that. Yeah. What your biggest client, are they in the creative sector? Yeah, photography agency. Photography agency, right. Yeah. So I'm putting that back down under number one, photography. When you say agency, is that are they an agency providing stock photos or are they? Uh, no, the, the actual, um, they run an agency that provides photographers for different areas and different events. So the, the, the photographers on the books aren't employed. They get paid per, per shoot. Okay. I'm going to just stay with this in the moment before I move on to the others, because uh, um, I just want to probe a little bit more. So what do you do for them? Basically, my signature in the emails is operations manager. Right. Um, so you are because I run the whole thing. Basically, they use a software system called Lightblue, um, and that takes everything into account from um, initial inquiry, raising raising an invoice, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's a whole history, and you can see what actions have been taken, follow ups. Um, all the reporting, that kind of stuff. So I manage the whole process, really. Well, I do. What do they, so what? What do they do? Sorry. If you're if you're running that entire business, I'm looking for the benefits they get, uh, yeah. the value that they get. Well, for starters, she used to employ a full-time person in that role, um, and obviously, I don't do anywhere near full-time. Um, she is the owner of this business as well as a wedding photography business. So she mainly focuses on the wedding photography business. Um, she does several shoots for the, the agency. Um, but obviously, as you can imagine, things have changed drastically for photographers um, yeah. at this time. So, right. uh, sorry, go on. So really, you've got an entrepreneur uh, that has branched. Not only is supporting her back background, but she's running an agency. So anybody that's running a, a virtual agency of some description um, has got the challenges of actually running that, and that's what that's where you're able to add the value. Yeah. Good. Because I'm. I mean, one of my other main skill sets I think I brag about is my organizational skills. I mean virtual assistants, PAs, they're they're meant to be organized, aren't they? Um yeah. but it, I just love lists and I just love ticking things off. I even at the weekends, every day I have a list. Um I have lists on my lists. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm a real doer. I like to get things done. Yeah. I think very often creative people are they're creative because their mind is every. Look, you know, they've got so many things coming into their head at any yes. time. And you know, that's where my latest client. I think I told everybody last week, the week before, I had a new client. Um, in in one Zoom call, I think she, she shared about eight different tabs on her screen. Was going from one thing to another, flitting from one thing to another. You know, and at the end of the call, I was like, right, so let's focus on 
this thing first. Tell me exactly what it is you need here. Let's talk about this thing. Because she was going from one thing to another because she is very much like that. She has all these ideas, but then she doesn't actually get it done. She starts it and doesn't finish things off. So I'm I'm a finisher offer. <laughs> for so, her. so uh, actually on my next slide, there's something here, but I'm going to cover it now. So in terms of, of what we what we notice about people or what we listen for because these are very good clues as to maybe business for you uh is that somebody that seems overwhelmed um yeah. they lack that clarity and it could be just sitting down and in a nice peaceful place um with a pen and paper they can get that clarity but if their mind is a continual jumble uh during the working day not only are they getting stressed but they're not being very productive because their confusion if you like the overwhelm yeah. is actually stopping them uh, yeah. from focusing on what they really ought to be doing so yeah. um, and a lot of the time when i take on new clients there a lot of them are at that stage um and they they do actually find it hard to um establish what it is i need to be doing they just know they need help so that's where i sit down with them that's basically the onboarding is to find out where I can have the best impact on their business um, initially and then, you know, prioritizing afterwards um, how I can support them on a regular basis. But you know, a lot of people work in different ways. Um, I have to be quite reactive sometimes with people like that. Um, and I'm quite good at that. I'm, I thrive on that as well, really. I like sort of last minute. Oh, yeah, let's do that. But I also love the organized side of things as well because i like to organize those people and because they then feel so much more in control so there's people that uh, seem overwhelmed or disorganized um they they could be uh, good good people this particular person that you've got recently what sort of sector were they in that's a um basically a local listing um, and she she's hoping to franchise eventually actually she's in um chipping camden at the moment um she's got somebody working for her in cardiff and the idea is to spread out to local areas but it, it it's built on um it's a bit like local pages type thing but um yeah. she's offering she's just got this idea about offering this loyalty card and again, that was what we talked about yesterday, and it was all over the place, and this, 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 and this, and I had to kind of bring her around into what exactly is she needs. Um, so, so somebody with somebody that has great ideas, but is is not bringing those ideas to the table, and they're probably yeah. not bringing the ideas to the table because either they've got fresh ideas keep coming in, uh, or they're just not sure, they're not quite appreciating what they need to get that idea to market yeah. but then i also find on the complete flip side of that i'm also good at working with people who aren't creative at all in the slightest because they they are actually a lot easier to work with if i'm honest because their creativity comes from me then they they say i, I want to do this but i really don't know how i need to do it um then i can be creative and come up with suggestions on on what to do and how to do it Got any examples of that that you can um, think of? Which, let's let's think. Um, previous clients. 
Yeah, pre previous client was, um, sorry for the name, people might know her. Um, yeah, basically she wasn't creative and she would just basically leave things to me. It would be a case of we'd sit down, this is my idea, and I would take it away and just make it happen. You know, like a, a newsletter, for instance. I want, I want to go out to my clients. I don't know what to say. I've got this, this and this. And I'd say, right, just give me bullet points. I can research. I can put um, content together and find images. And then we'll take it from there. And you can edit it or, you know, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, rather than, because I'd like to get somebody else to, to do this with somebody else. Um, what I'm normally doing is I'm probing for, uh, for the different types you know when somebody has a business and they'll have one type of customer that they provide one service for then they have mm -hmm. another type of customer that's often a bit more enjoyable a bit more profitable and they provide those sort of services and then there may be something a bit more personalized with an individual and what i've got yeah. from this already is that uh largely around people that are creative people that uh, have got creative businesses that have maybe got uh that they've got an agency type business, or maybe people that are running teams. You find, have you got, you know, is that an area that you've found? Not, um, when I was in the corporate world, yes, because I would basically be the gatekeeper between the CEO, the marketing director or whatever, and their team. Um, and I would basically manage that team and their requirements, but more, not so much so in, since going alone, it's more, it's smaller companies who a lot of time, one man bands. I mean, if you wanted to stick another area in there, it would probably be lead generation, which I dislike the most, but I seem to be quite good at it. <laughs> and when you say lead generation, what do you mean by that? Is that telemarketing? Cold calling, yeah, cold calling. Cold calling. And then, following up and because I'm persistent I do follow up I'm polite um I don't know knowledgeable on the product but I do seem so, to be quite good at it so that that's that's an interesting one because we've talked about that before the importance of follow-up of staying in touch uh, either with after clients that have uh have uh, had a service or maybe people you're trying to stay in touch with after a networking event that you're trying to develop a relationship with Having somebody stay in touch, and most business owners, because the business only plates, find that that is something they say, I don't have time to do. That's not an excuse. Yeah. They can employ somebody like yourself in lead generation. Um, so that's the thing you least you least like doing. So, you know, creative people, lead generation, you see where that can cover. The, the more you delve into that, you're just looking, and I'm just looking for clues, uh, mm. not only for people I might know that might need your service, but it's a downside more, we've already found out it's a downside more than admin. Uh, it's, an, it's really providing that essential uh, support network to anybody on their own and uh, even to small teams growing rather than employing somebody. Uh, yeah. And a lot of businesses out there will hesitate about employing. Far better to have somebody off site uh, that they can uh, use as and when. Um, so we've and covered it's, to it's a degree. flexible as well. Yes. Yeah. So we've covered why would who would be um, a great client, really creative. Um, and that would be the next particular 
slide or the next part of a form that I would uh, uh, suggest people do. What should I listen or watch for that could lead to a good referral for you? So what would somebody say at a party or at a, uh, over a coffee um, that would suddenly make me think of Joe? What would, what would I watch for? <laughs> what was that? They're not in control. Their lists are getting longer. Um, they don't feel like they're achieving their targets, that sort of stuff. So they're, they're things that you would uh, listen for. But when you've actually, you actually saw, you visually saw that somebody was all over the place. And the final thing is, is you, if, you're, if you're taking referrals seriously, introduction seriously, you need to train your team around you, whether that's at a four networking event or whatever is uh, what should I say about you that would secure a meeting? Because I've always found that in a meeting, somebody says, oh, I know somebody that I can introduce you to, uh, or I know exactly, I've got a referral for you. And the first thing I would do after that meeting is grab them to one side and say, let's just talk about this. What, am I gonna, what are you gonna say? Because if they say the wrong thing, uh, it, it, you just won't get the introduction. So if somebody, I know a good PA, that, oh no, I know all about PAs, et cetera. But so you need to train people on what to say. Mm. You know, I know Mark, I know he's a good accountant. He's got a great background. He said, oh, no, accountants, that, you know, I know loads of accountants. Ah, but this. So it's knowing what, uh, how to introduce us to somebody. And that's at that point where you can bring in, it's better just to be, be able to bring in the stories about how they've helped people. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, is anybody else here would like to ask Joe some questions based around those uh, that that area? Yes, Rod. Joe, when you're um, <clears throat> when you're looking at the businesses you work with, and I know you work with the guy that does the card machines. Uh, can't think of his name now, but um, Graham. Uh, pardon? Graham. Graham, that's right. Yeah. Um, does he not give you referrals to other people that he works with because? If he needs you, all I'm thinking is that if Graham needs your services, mm -hmm. then a natural referral for you. He, he does. He has done, yeah, in the past. And and, um, and that's that's how I would look um, at seeking out more business, just by mm -hmm. adopting a similar mode and, and way forward. You know, you're working with Graham. Graham can refer you. Crikey, Joe's brilliant. She does this, that, and the other for me. Graham, can... Graham was one of the very good ones, actually, at the face-to-face -face meetings. That, um, but unfortunately, well, he's he's stopped networking. Um, but well, yeah, that's he's, he's traveling um... around the world, isn't he? But the, the the thing with Graham is that Graham, if he signs up someone on a card machine, he makes a lot of money, so he can really easily afford your services mm. um, because it will give him more time to do what he's really good at. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, Rod's he did refer, um, I worked with um, Keith, FSB, he referred me to Keith. Yeah. And for lead generation. Well, he's a great one for you because he's introducing, he, yeah, he's introducing new members all the time to the FSB. So Keith is uh, very fine. They're struggling with their paperwork, but very yeah. good at something else. Yeah, Again, Keith is very good at putting me across. But as, as you said, um, I think these people that do seem to refer me to other people, maybe I need to discuss with them how how they should be referring them. me. Yeah, you and give them some pointers. Yeah. yeah, you need to be more proactive. You need to be 
you know, you're happy with my services. Is there anybody you think could help me, uh, help you, help, you know, the way I help you, you know, just be a bit more proactive. It's, it's hard asking for it, but you've got to ask for it. You've just got to. It's part of your business mm -hmm. overall. But yeah. I don't want you to say, is there anybody no. that you can refer me to? I know, I know it's a it naturally comes out there, and it's no problem to say that. But if you say, is there anybody you can introduce me to? Let me tell you ex in, in specifically who I'm thinking about. And that's when you'd go back to these three key sectors. So, for instance, you might say, uh, I, you enjoy the work I'm doing, and you can see the value of these introductions that I'm making for you. I'm particularly looking for people from a creative industry because being creative they're all over the place they need some structure etc so if you come across somebody that seems overwhelmed uh they just can't handle it if they're saying this or that then that would be really good i'm also looking for somebody if you if you find if you come across somebody that's looking for more leads and they want to proactively reach out on the telephone that would be a great referral for me and also uh if there's anybody else that's selling business equipment i.e card machines or whatever to businesses um what sort of and then you'd explain uh you know you give that that other clue or if they're with part of a franchise themselves is any of your other colleagues can you see why just putting that mindset together you're beginning to ask for the right sort of referrals yeah so uh rather than just you know you've done a good job etc so thank, thanks for that rod Anybody else like to uh, come in on, on, on this? Anybody like to do this? Yeah, uh, can I say one quick thing while, while you're still on that point? Rod's point's right, asking for um, yeah, a referral. But people don't find that easy. It's, well, asking. It's, yeah, it, to actually say, hey, I did that for you. Do you know anybody else I can do that for? It, it's sometimes sort of viewed as being pushy and and the, the words you use have to ask what what the question you want but in a way that people feel that they can answer rather than you know no, mm. not interested i think you're right barry you've got to just me being english i don't know no no you've got to use words that are comfortable with with that you're comfortable with and you've got to phrase it in such a way but we said last week, if you don't ask, you're not likely to get. And if you're comfortable with that, that's fine. Um, I'm not saying you're comfortable with that. If people are comfortable with that, if they can't overcome that fear of asking. So they don't have to ask in my words. They don't have to ask in a an a, uh, automated way. Um, but, I, you know, I've always found that if you begin something with the, the words, um, I wonder if you can help me. Most people want to help i don't know whether you you know just just as an aside i don't know whether you have you ever come across any creative people that struggle um i'm working with a creative company at the moment and when i started to work with them because they're creative they're so they're thinking of everything and their big businesses are beginning to suffer and i've helped them actually get a lot more business by taking out the tedium of of organizing everything so they can remain uh creative in particular this person's doing a lot more wedding photography because they don't have to worry about all the stuff they don't want to do do you ever come across anybody like that now that would be in one way getting into the habit of asking mm. and that, that's the way i would do it but you might find i mean how do you do it barry 
Well, you know me, Rod. I, um, Paul, I can sort the hind legs off a donkey. Um, so once I get going, <laughs> it's just getting into the in into the conversation. Um, but the choice of words is important, I think. Yeah, yeah can you're right. you Can you help me? I think he's very powerful. Mm. And if you ask someone to help you, you know, there's only a few idiots out there that genuinely won't. Most people at least try. Therefore, can you help me? Could be a good introduction. Mm. But even if you didn't actually ask for that, um, and I mean, I've, I've attended so many meetings where people stand up and, and they do the one minute or 45 seconds. And if they just stood up and told us a story about somebody that they worked with that week or somebody they wanted to work with and why, they would get a lot more business even if they didn't have. It's the stories which I was pulling out of this particular sector. Um, you know, I think this, this I'll send you, uh, I'll put this document together and, and I'll, I'll, I'll put these slides up on, on the Facebook group and, and maybe if somebody, maybe, maybe in each of these meetings that we just take somebody at random uh, or somebody is pre prepared and we'll just probe this. I, I, in my latter days uh, with the with BNI, I I uh, no actually uh, no it wasn't with BNI. It was when I was trialing this method of uh, this marketing uh, sector. Is I would get people in threes or fours after the main part of the marketing meeting and get them to sit on on tables, and I would have somebody be the questioner uh, and asking these sort of questions of one person, and I'd, everybody else would be taking notes and have the permission to wade in when somebody said something, just as we're doing now. And it was amazing how quickly a lot, if you're, if you're in front of three other people, it's amazing how quickly three people learned about your business and what you were looking for. And I think that could be a good thing to introduce here. I've forgotten that, that's what I, I didn't do it with BNI, there's no structure for that. It was done it when I was, I've done it when I've been doing this before. So, um, Anybody, any other points about Joe, about what we've said, or how, how you ask for introductions? Yeah. Um, um, I don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it would be a good idea. Um, and that's kind of uh, having like a, a third tier to the type of people that you work with so creating a, a partnership or where you have maybe a, a few people who you work together with them so it could be somebody that's creative who needs organizing or that's kind of one of the things that they help their clients with so um so yes yeah, so it's like they one of the benefits of um if it's so for example if it was me if i've got somebody who it's just like oh, i'm always losing the link and i can't remember when to do this so we sir and that then i'll go okay come and train with me and then i say and to help you organize and get yourself sorted um this would be really good so it's almost like a byproduct or part of working with me is that i will go okay i will introduce everybody kind of to you or part of what I offer is in terms of organization or creativity. So it's like it's an add-on that I offer that you do. Do you know what I mean? So it's like we both, you and that person kind of benefit. So 
<coughs> I think the thing about running any business, anybody's worked in corporate, they'll know that uh, a large, medium-sized, large-sized company can afford lots of different specialist skills and being able to pull those together. And that's why they tend to be able to scale and do a lot more. Um, and therefore, the CEO is able to have this, the vision and to, to, you know, to do well what they do. When you get to run a business on your own, you've got to be all those people. And half of those things you don't do very well or you don't want to do. That's why we need to surround ourselves with people that, will, that have these particular skills. Now, whether that's, um, whether that's in a support group like this or whether it's paid for, again, business starting out on its own, it's watching money. So it, it, it will tend to do as many things as it can itself uh, and, and not outsource. But I think it's a matter of deciding what is critical and what needs to be outsourced. We, we can all see how it fits in. Uh, Ewan, you've got your hand up. Yeah, I was just, it's just an interesting point from, from sort of what's been on this call. It's very interesting, the questions that you've posed to Joe. I know a lot more about Joe now than I, th I thought I knew something. I thought I knew what you did and I thought I knew the services. I've even had a look at your website. But actually you talking about it, I know a lot more, which is incredibly valuable. And I think with the, the number of people on this call, there are natural alliances between, you can see the sort of links between certain people. And then there are other links that perhaps are not so clear. But I think, as you suggested, Paul, just doing maybe a, a short one of those on each of us would be really good just to understand, you know, because we always give our sort of two minutes. But actually, it doesn't really cover anything about what you do. And it's just fascinating to learn a little bit more. The key is always the key to uh, developing referrals on purpose, introductions on purpose, has never been the meeting itself. That, that is the theatre. Even the 10 minutes, that's more valuable. The real key is meaningful one, is the one-to-ones. And I found that an hour is a good time. And, and very often in that hour, you only get to hear about whatever I'm doing. They might only ever get to hear about the other person. And then you do a return uh, visit, uh, you know, home and away, if you like. And, and by the way, I, I've, even, I've even known people are really clued up will actually have their document already um, uh, written out because they've prepared it. And it's something that they can then say, well, I tell you what, I'll they'll diligently take notes. I found not everybody's prepared to take notes, very rarely. Uh, even in meetings, if you're taking notes, it's a sure sign that you're being interested, you know. Uh, it, it's something you do at business meetings. So to be able to have a one-to-one, -one, discuss certain things, and then leave that person with it, you just never know where that might lead to, um, uh, for sure. Anybody else like to add anything to that? And what I would like to do, anybody like to add something to that? Because I'm going to start to wrap up now. Yes, Damien, <coughs> microphone on. Microphone on. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like I'm five seconds behind everything. It's awful. Um, the thing that comes through about all of this is the word time all of us are in this area to help save time to improve the efficiency of every business that we run with either because we have a specialist area that we can go and help them with and they don't have to learn about it so i find one of the strongest uh, questions that i have paul is that 
I discuss the things they don't have the time to do that they wish they had. And they often know the things that they don't like doing. And that's uh, for me, just my little bit for today. I'll, I'll pick that back up on the recording. I've just made a note there. They're two great questions. I think I'll add that to the list. I'll give you the credit the first time, Damien, then I'll say it's my idea. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, credit where it's due. That's great. You know, one of the things that you wish you could be doing, you don't have the time to do. The answer is always in the questions that you ask. The trouble is, in many times we think in these, it's about what we say um, about ourselves, and it's the it's 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 all, all the questions. The questions are very powerful because, believe it or not, people don't do find enough time to do one-on-ones um, and proper one-on-ones. The point about that is that the time you invest in that is implanted in that person almost forever, especially with the stories. And we're still trying to find out what how Simon helped his criminal friends. What I'd like to do now is to go around, tell me something you've particularly uh, resonated with you on this particular meeting. And either tell me something you'd like to know more about on these meetings, because they're your meetings. You know, I could talk all day about almost anything to do with marketing, but you know, there's certain things I like to talk about, and I might be talking about things I'm addressing in the moment. It's what you would find more useful. So uh, I'm going to go around at the table and so that we end on time. And I'm going to start with um, Mark. It's, it's all great stuff that we're hearing today. It's just like I think uh, Damien said, it, it's it's time. It's um, and it's the ability to get out out there and 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 speak to people. Okay, um, Rod. Um, I think for me, I mean, you know, when you're talking to someone else, you always reflect it back to yourself, and um, you know, it's having the confidence to ask people for um, referrals, follow-ups, and and for me, it's a it's a process. My process starts with delivery when I. If you like to literally deliver someone's human remains or ashes, um, that point is when I ask for the testimonial, um, and that that allows other people that are looking at my service to know how good or bad I am from a customer that's already used me and paid me. And so that's it's it. I realise it's difficult, Joe, to ask for these uh, referrals or to identify those people. But my God, if you don't do it. You know, you'll run aground. You've got to do it. It's, it's sometimes it's uncomfortable, almost. But you know, it's it really is worth it. One of the one of the expressions I've I've used a lot is how how can I help you get more business? And then yeah. if you lead with if you always lead with that and you take a genuine interest, it becomes a lot easier to be able to say, Have you got a few minutes for you to for me to tell you how you can help me with more business? The sort of people I'm looking to work with. Remember, it's not. It's about that 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 process of of uh, letting people know how they can help you, not so much, you know, the testimony might be one, but you know, if we interview you in the future, Rod, it could be that um, you might that might be the most challenging. Find somebody that's just nearly to the point where they want to be buried. Joe, have you found anything any of that useful? Very useful, Paul. Thank you. Um, and just going through that form makes me realise I'm not utilising the one-to-ones that I have because I do quite a lot of networking. 
I'm not because as you say you end up talking about the weather and what you had for lunch type thing mm. so I'm definitely going to be structuring my one-to-ones more you know so what you it, a lot of that is to do with with where you're networking there's this one set of people that think networking is about meeting as many people as possible that's superficial it's surface stuff you're far better to drive your real contacts deeper so they've got a deeper understanding of you and what you're looking for that is far better that's always been I dare I say it, the B&I way uh, rather than flitting around and it's, it's a bit like somebody having loads of contacts on LinkedIn I mean I've got 1500 contacts on LinkedIn I've got nearly 700 on Facebook have I got relationships with all those people no not deep enough for them to be able to help me or, or vice versa it's far better quality than it is quantity Elaine um, I really liked your form actually um, and also Damien's um, comment was really helpful too so yeah it's lots to think about thank you good um, Ewan Kelly <laughs> no I'm, I'm I'd say I think it's really useful because it's one area that I'm that I'm, it's completely new to me so I find all of these sessions where we talk about this thing and and, and how you do have those conversations very useful there is a hidden part of that form I've not covered today, which is who are the sort of type of people or the type of businesses that are most likely to already be dealing with the clients we have. And, and that could be a good thing to prepare uh, because they could be good people to reach out with and begin relationships with on at the moment while there's no physical networking on things like net, uh, LinkedIn. Simon. Um, yes. <laughs> well, I, I do. I do scribblings. Um, so I, I do working through the sheet um, as you were going through it and jotting some some points that have been said by yourself and Damien and Rod and Joe. Um, I mean, I tend to think that way. Uh, and as you're probably well aware, we've used a similar sheet before in the BNI days. And it's really, really powerful sheet to use. I think going back to the point about how do you ask for business? Um, I think there are two tricks. One is I'm ex I've worked in the pharmaceutical industry, so I sell, sell lots of stuff. So there's a salesman piece, which I'm not very good at. There's also the piece around using a card that says thank you and having a tagline at the bottom that says, do you know anybody else type of thing as well? Um, and in my industry, in the, and, and Elaine may, may agree or may disagree, um, in the sort of psychology, psychotherapy world, we, we, are, we have some restrictions on asking for mm. business. Yeah, totally. So there are other ways of doing it. Yeah, you'll have to discuss those. Damien, <laughs> great to see you. Yeah, yeah, you and all of you. It's lovely to see you. Sorry, I've been a bit vacant the last couple of weeks. It was very nice to have landed a number of different clients and projects that have taken me through promoting a webinar for the champions of humanity you know the black lives live uh, black lives matter and then actually dealing with a company that's building bespoke trailers for heavy goods vehicles so it was like oh but one thing that was totally straight across all of those is that we shouldn't be worried about going back to basics we should map out our business as a drawing and if you were to look at the sustainable good practices that successful businesses and people use, they do the same things. One, they have an attract phase 
which is a entry point to our business that's simple and everyone understands it. Then there is a, a, an education sales phase, which allows people to join on impulse, on time and, and covering some of these pain points that you all spoke to. But if you can automate some of this, it means that your follow up is less stressful and time intensive on you, but it's consistent to every single person that, that wins. And when you deliver, if you over exceed those expectations, then you have every right to ask them if there's anybody else that has similar problems to them that they would happily introduce us to. And that for me is just like the basic strand. And if we all took a big piece of white paper and just mapped out one strand, where's our entry point? Where is our educational touch point? And where is the, the opportunity to upsell um, and then thank and over deliver? Then you're going to have a really good sort of step by step, almost like Lego put together and, and and for me all the little bits that you all spoke about cover some parts of those basics but it's about stringing basic one to final you know the 18th hole that for me is what, what what i hear i think given what uh, joe's been talking about and giving about time i think the idea of of for most businesses actually when you've got that blank sheet of paper thinking about what in my business can be automated but what is the system we've got maybe maybe if everybody else is happy or maybe at some point we have damien just go through how he takes a piece of paper and he moves that into an automated system uh i think that could be quite valuable barry great to see um, you again yeah i i think the the thing that that sticks out for me from this morning is 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 preparing the right questions to say it's to have a process to quote damien that's that doesn't require a great deal of thought when you're out there on the hoof you know? it becomes a way it becomes a natural way second nature uh, type thing, you know yeah i always yeah. ask this question because i that's the response i want um so mm -hmm. yeah i think phrasing questions in advance and and you know practicing them i guess and uh, and off we go yeah but no it was uh, and i and i agree uh, with other people i think quizzing joe like we like you did today and, and quiz the rest of us don't just pick on joe i think that was that could be useful oh, no, no. She, she's got the real value I'm teasing today teasing you paul i'm teasing you i know i know <laughs> so isa you're you're on mute if you'd like just give us what you've got from this and uh yes thank you very much um things that i got were um the cues in the questions um also the time um comments that damien mentioned was really useful and then i think the for me it's also kind of taking action so I think knowing LinkedIn with the time, um, what time and resources you have, um, there's, I find the meetings really useful in terms of knowing where I am, you know, what is it that I need to do? How can I kind of bring things together and be more effective, streamlined, structured, etc. But then, like you like you mentioned, with all of us, it, when it's just us <laughs> trying to do everything, it's then okay, right? Where does 
you know allocating your your focus of your time um i think yeah, i think clarity is absolutely important i don't just want to turn this into a referral meeting it's quite important that we cover other marketing issues uh, that was the whole purpose and the the difference that we have here is what element of marketing is, is you may be struggling with because we've realized we've got a few more experts in here rather than damien kelly and you and we've also got joe with that background so that's something i learned today which is uh, which is good Thank you very much to everybody. I've really enjoyed again the day. You've you believe me, if if you if your day starts off in the right way, it makes my day as well. And uh, I always look forward to Tuesday. So thanks again to everybody. All the best. Thanks, thanks everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.